0: Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you, I hope it encourages you, I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We've been in this series uh, called Cries of the Cross and really what we've been doing is we've been taking uh, the seven statements cries, sayings of what Jesus said on the cross. He, Jesus was on the cross for six hours and he only said seven things. And so what we've been doing is we've been breaking down each week uh, one of the sayings that Jesus said. And today I want to talk to you from John chapter 19, the saying, the cry, the statement that he says in John chapter 19 and verse 30, he says this, he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished and we've been calling each statement each cry a certain cry and today i want to talk to you about a victory cry how this was a victory cry this was not a it is finished like oh oh, my pain is over not a it is finished, like, oh, it's all doomed, it's over, it doesn't matter. No, it was a victory cry because he knew that if you look at it in the Greek, really, it means uh, mission accomplished or, or project complete. It was this, it, this has been fulfilled, it is finished. Mission accomplished, project, com- project complete. If you're married in the room, you ever been working on a project, your spouse comes in and they're like, you missed a spot just me. Okay, I'm working through things in my heart, but you know what I'm saying? You're working on a desk, or you're working on a piece of furniture. We got a newborn, so I was building a desk, or not a desk, a, 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 I can't even talk, you know, it's the third service, y'all pray for me, but building a, a dresser. She comes in, the dresser's not looking right, and she says, I think the drawers aren't the way they're supposed to be. Immediately, I said, it's not. Y'all can do better than that. It's not. Come on, I gotta preach four services. You can help me out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It is it's not finished. Hold on a second. Well, when Jesus says it is finished, that's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, it's complete. There's nothing else to add on to. There's nothing else, nothing else you need to do. Nothing else we need to do. It is finished. The Bible says, I love it in Hebrews chapter 10. In verse 9, then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Once for all time. Mission accomplished, project complete. It is finished once for all time. And I love this as we study this scripture when he says it is finished immediately. The Bible says in Matthew, when Jesus says this and he gives up his last breath, things happen. There are testimonies, if you will, or signs that prove that yes, it is finished and what he did was enough. It is complete. I want to show it to you. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51, it says, at that moment, right after he passes away, right after he gives his last breath on the cross, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The curtain was torn from top to bottom. Now, what they're talking about in this curtain, some scripture says a veil. This was a veil or a curtain that was in the temple. This curtain or this veil separated different sections of the temple. There was a section of the inner court, and then this curtain came down. It was 60 feet high this curtain came down and then it 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 separated the inner court of the sanctuary of the temple from the holy of holies the holy of holies is where the ark of the covenant was where the presence of god resided okay and so there was this 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 gap or this wall or this curtain that was keeping people from being able to be into the presence of god and we know that curtain represents sin The Bible says in the beginning of time, in Genesis chapter 3, that Jesus literally, I mean, God would come down and walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. He would walk with them daily. He would spend time with them relationally. But because of sin, the Bible says that man and God were separated. Show it to you right here. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. He hid themselves because of the sin and the shame, the separation that happened. And then in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24, it says this, that he drove out the man. This is God driving out, separating, casting out Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, separation because of their sin. At the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and the flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And so sin comes in through Adam and Eve sinning. And so what happens is now, because of sin, there's this separation between man and God and this This curtain represents this separation where you can't enter. Only once a year could a priest enter into the Holy of Holies. And it's incredible how when Jesus says immediately after he says, it is finished. Immediately the the curtain is torn from top to bottom. I love that it doesn't say the curtain is torn from from, from bottom to top. Why? Because that means somebody could have went in there with some scissors and like... 60 feet up in the air, you know what I'm saying? You got a big old ladder, and it's good. No, it was, it was torn from the top to bottom, showing us that God was the one that tore down and ripped the veil, saying there's no more separation. There's no more sin. God, Jesus came, it is finished. He's come to remove sin. And the temple says, this is a testimony. It's, the temple is testifying, the curtain is testifying that what Jesus said, it is finished. It is enough to remove sin. I wanna show it to you. In Hebrews chapter nine, and verse 25, it says, and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again. Like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal, if it had been necessary, if that had been necessary, Christ would have to die again and again ever since the world began. But now once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death is a sacrifice once for all time to remove sin. Christ came to remove sin and he says, it is finished. It wasn't, it is finished, my life's over. No, it is finished, meaning I've come and I've removed sin and the temple is a testimony. It's testifying, saying what Jesus said, it is finished. It is enough, sin is removed. Here's the, the situation that often happens for us as humans. We say, yeah, we know Jesus removed sin. Yeah, we know. we know God forgives. Oh yeah, we believe it. God's, God forgives me. Oh yeah, he removes all my sin. But we oftentimes, we say that, but then what we do is we try to, in our own strength, remove sin. We try in our own strength to remove the anger. We try in our own strength to remove the lust. We try in our own strength to remove the pride. And here's what it is. And that's not removing sin. What we're doing is just covering sin. Jesus didn't come to cover sin. He came to remove sin. I got a little illustration. I'm glad you asked about the illustration. I'm gonna show it to you. I got a little illustration, Kenny. If you wanna show my, oh, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. I got a little. Cover. I need a really tall person. I need somebody that's really tall. Like a, Like any any like athletes in the room. I need a, like a really tall person. I need like somebody super tall. Okay. Th- are you super tall? How tall are you? Six, one. Six one's plenty tall enough. Get up here, brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now let me tell you a story. I was telling my wife. I talk with my wife all the time. Her name's Ashley. I was talking with her about my, my 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 different illustrations, and I said, Hey, I'm gonna talk about this illustration. I need a really tall. Bro, whoa, whoa, whoa. My man's freaking me out. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate you. What's your name? Rex. Rex. Y'all give Rex a hand for a second. There you go. Rex, Hey, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Rex has a mane full of hair. (sighs) I was telling my wife, Ashley, I said, hey, I'm going to do an illustration. I said, I need a really tall person. She said, just get anybody. I said, no, I need a really tall person. She said, well, just get anybody. Everybody's tall to you. I love how she builds me up and makes me feel like a man. Okay, Rex, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna mess up the hair, but I need you to cover yourself in this blanket. Is that okay? Are we gonna mess up the mane? Okay, good, okay, let's cover yourself, cover yourself. Come over here, come over here on this side so you're not in the way, here we go, okay. Now, here you go, now cover yourself, just go ahead. You do it, you do it, I don't need to do it, you do it. Okay, good. Wait, you don't have to duck, I need you tall, dude. A man's hiding. Okay, turn around, turn around. Come over here, dude. Come on, man, my man. Okay, Rex, no, cover yourself. Okay, okay. The, I, want, I promise you this was not that hard the first two services, okay? It really wasn't. Rex, I love you, dude. I'm sorry if I'm making, I'm just, we're, he's laughing, so that's good. We're good. He's, he's crying under here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, y'all got to forgive me. I, I'm, it, it doesn't matter. Okay, good. He's under here weeping. <laughs> anyway, okay, stop. Okay. Here, here, um, let me talk to you. See, oftentimes this is what we do. Rex, can you use your hands without cu- taking out the blanket? Okay, good. Rex, put your hands on my shoulder. Here, put my hand. There you go. Put on my shoulders. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. Oftentimes, and I, I know we're being funny, but oftentimes this is what we look like spiritually. Well, we know God removes sin. Oh, yeah, we know. We believe Jesus rose. We'll sing the song. He rose. He reigns. Every we'll sing Woo! we know he rose but then we walk around looking like this because in our own strength we try to remove sin but here's what we're doing we're not removing sin we're just covering it and now we're carrying around this weight That sin brings, shame and guilt and condemnation. And it's all because we're not willing to give it all to him and we're trying to cover up and do it in ourselves. We're trying to get right before we can ask for forgiveness or before we can get right with God and get into a relationship. No, that's not why Jesus came. He came, it says, it is finished, to remove sin. There's nothing we do or have to do or have to say. We come to him and he is the one that removes the sin. It's one of the reasons why. The second reason why, if we look like, you can put your hand up, praise God. He's worshiping up here, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Another reason why, this is what I was studying this message, oftentimes why we cover sin. Two reasons. One, because we try to do it in our own strength. Or two, sometimes we cover it, our own sin because we like it. Sometimes we will cover our own sin because we actually like the sin. Now, people that go to church, we know, like, whew, we don't talk about that. Like, no, we don't like sin, sin. Bad, bad, bad. No, no, no. Bad, bad, bad. Not sin. No. Not me. No, no. No sin. Bye. No. But we oftentimes, we say, you know what, I know that I'm supposed to give up this anger and I know I'm not supposed to treat my spouse like this or I'm not supposed to treat my roommate like this, but you know what, they get frustrating to me and I just blow up and that's just who I am. No, sir, ma'am, that is not who you are. That's you allowing sin to reign in your life and not allowing God to remove the sin in your life. And so here's what happens. We just cover it up until it's something exposed. And so here's what happens. We come to church. Can you use your arms again? Come to church. Arms up. Okay, I don't know what's happening. Okay, good. And, and so here's what happens. Now we look like this. We got our, we got our nice outfits on. It's Easter. We got, we got a new suit. Oh, we got a new dress. We went and got the new kicks. Y'all all know y'all went and got a fresh new do. You got your hair cut. You got your fade looking fresh. You know what I'm saying? You went and did your hair. You got your makeup all good. You got all And you're looking all good. Oh, yeah, it's Easter. He rose, he reigns, woo, every victory is yours. Okay, y'all know y'all don't want me doing worship, praise God. But here's what it is. We come in looking like this. And we're carrying things and covering things because we actually like the sin and we're not willing to give them to God. So here's what we're doing. We're singing God you rose and we're singing God what you did was enough but we're actually stopping God from being able to do what it is, the reason, the purpose of why he came and that is to remove sin, not cover it. Jesus came to remove the sin off of our lives. All we have to do is say, God, I give it to you. I'm not gonna get caught up in what the things that I think that I may need or want, God. I'm giving them to you because I know when I do that, I'm not covering them, I'm removing them because that's what you did in my life. Does that make sense? Y'all give it up for Rex. Rex, you can take this off. I'll get it for Rex, appreciate you, Rex. You can take it, appreciate you, dude. You can take that, take that down to Kenny. Okay, see you later, buddy, okay, good, okay, good, okay. And God has called us, hear me, God has called us to be a people, that we say, okay, it's enough. The temple shows us this this declaration, this testimony, it's testifying, saying what he did was enough. The temple says it's enough. It is finished. Yes, he has removed sin once and for all. All we have to do now is believe in him and confess that he is Lord and sin is removed off of our lives. The scripture also says, as we continue on in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51, and earth shook And rocks were split and the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Check this out. Check this out. This is not after the resurrection. This is right after. We just read the same scripture. Right after Jesus says it is finished. Right after he gives his last breath. The Bible says that immediately the veil or the curtain in the temple is torn. From top to bottom, this representation of a God of the temple saying, I want you to know it is finished, sin is removed. But then immediately after that, the scripture says that the earth shook, and then all of a sudden, there's these people that are in tombs who were believers, who were saints, that they're dead, and all of a sudden, like, and they're walking around. The Bible says in that very next scripture, if you wanna go to the next scripture for me, it says, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went went into the holy city and appeared to many. They rise again when he says it is finished and he gives of his last breath. They rise again and then for three days, they're big chilling until after the resurrection, then they go in and they begin to, to proclaim what Jesus did and who he is. What does this show me? It shows us this picture that when Jesus said, it is finished. It was a testimony of the temple that said, the temple says, it's enough, sin is removed. But it's also a testimony of, the, of death and death said what he did is enough. What he said, when he said, it is finished, it is enough. I love this because the scripture says That in Genesis, when we read the scripture, the Bible says that literally that God says, if you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, The Bible says if you do it, you will certainly die. Read it right there. When you eat from it, you will certainly die. See, okay, we talk about death. We're not just talking about, okay, yeah, he removed the the, the, the curse of death where now we'll all live forever and we'll never die. No, we will all die uh, unless Jesus comes back. We will all have our moment where we die. But now we can live for eternity. That being said, I love this because oftentimes we look at this and we say, Jesus defeated death. Yes, he did. He rose again. But he, this is a sign from death that people rose again. It's showing us a picture of, that he had, what he did was enough. He defeated death. Now, here's what we see. When we say he defeated death, he defeated the curse of death. The curse of sin is death, okay? The curse of sin is death. That's why it says if you sin, if you, if you eat of the tree of knowledge, you will, you will certainly die. And we're not just talking about physical death. We're also talking about emotional death. We are now subject, because of sin, we are all subject to emotional death, meaning things like depression and anxiety and fear and stress, we're all, we are all now subject to, to mental uh, death. Now we're all subject not to, to spiritual death, the separation from God. And so here's what happens. Jesus, when he came, this, he says, the temple says, listen, it's enough. I want to testify. The veil is torn. It's, it, it is enough. It is finished. Sin is removed. But then, I love it, the dead are raised as a picture to testify to us that it's not just sin removed. Also, the curse of sin has been removed. The curse of sin in your life, in my life, has been removed, meaning this. Oftentimes what we'll do is say, oh, yeah, Jesus saved me. Oh, yeah, Jesus saved me. But now we struggle through our lives to walk and live in freedom in the way that we know that God wants us to live. And so we struggle from it, and we try, and we work. No, this is what's awesome about what Jesus did. It is finished. He defeated it. He defeated uh, sin, meaning he removes it, but then also he defeated the curse of sin. The Bible says he became the curse and removed it off of our lives so that now you and I could find life and life more abundantly. Now we can walk in freedom together in him, and it's all because of what he did. We can't just be a bunch of people, hear me, that just say, Jesus saved me, and it stops at that. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter six to put on the full armor of God. Because of what Jesus did, we were able to put on the full armor of God. I wanna show it to you. There are pieces of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Next scripture, please. There it is. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. The belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the, 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 peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Next scripture, please. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil and put on salvation as a helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He gives us six different pieces of armor that we are to put on as we walk out and live and try to stand for, live for the way God has called us to live. He gives us six pieces of uh, of armor. Well, oftentimes what we do as Christians, as churchgoers, as believers, is what we do is we put on our helmet of salvation and we say, woo, we're saved. I'm saved, the grace of Jesus, I'm saved. I'm saved. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Oh, I believe he rose. He rose, I'll sing all about it. Oh, I am saved. And then we stop at the helmet. We don't put on truth. We say, no, it's my truth. It's not the truth, it's my truth. And so there is no truth, it's my truth. The way I feel is the way I want it. There is no peace. We live in a world where it's whatever's happening, we're gonna stress out about it. We're gonna freak out in fear and have anxiety just like everybody else. Why? Because that's what everybody does and so that's because everybody else does I'm not gonna put on peace because I know. I'm worried about what the government's gonna do. I'm worried about what the government's not gonna do. I'm worried about what the world's gonna do. I'm worried, "Ah," and we don't have any peace. We don't put on the breastplate of righteousness. We say, yeah, God makes us righteous, but nobody wants to live and walk in purity. We just want to live how we want to live. And it's interesting as Christians, what we have done as humans, as believers, we have put on the helmet of salvation and we've stopped. And that's not why Jesus came. Yes, he came to give us salvation, to remove sin, absolutely. But he also came so that we would live a life of freedom in him to defeat the curse of sin. The curse of sin is that we would be a slave to sin and not be able to live the way he's called us to live. Many, many years ago, I was at a sporting event. A very large sporting event. Many of you probably been at sporting events and it was a commercial time. And y'all know during commercial times, what happens is there's just this time where everybody's just chatting and talking. And you kind of just waiting for whatever's happening. The commercial be over so you can play. Well, all of a sudden during this commercial time, we hear this like great uproaring in the other side of the, of the stadium. It's like, so, of course, everybody's like, whoa, whoa, And we look, and literally, we see this guy that came from the audience or the crowd or whatever you want to call him, and he was running on the field. Now, this guy's running on the field. He's juking security guys out. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, vulnerable here, this guy wasn't wearing many much clothes. I don't know if that's the right term, but he wasn't wearing any clothes hardly at all, okay? If you don't know what they're called, they're called streakers, okay? <laughs> Can you say that in church? I just did, okay? And so this guy's streaking, He's running, he's juking dudes out, and here's what was interesting. I'm watching this dude, hardly any clothes on, juking out these security guards, and it was one of the most interesting things. The whole stadium begins to erupt and cheer for this dude. I'm like, why are we cheering for a dude with no clothes on? This is weird! It's interesting. So I was studying for this message, God brought this to my heart, this story, and oftentimes, as silly as this is, this is how we look spiritually. We put on the helmet of truth and nothing else. And so here's what we become. We become a bunch of spiritual streakers. Yes, I just said it. We become a bunch of spiritual streakers where here's what it is. Now, oh yeah, I'm saved. Oh, I believe in grace. But now, just because I have a helmet of salvation on, it doesn't stop there. Now God wants us to step into a life where we walk and live with him, not walking around streaking, just saying, ah, I'm saved. No, he wants us to put on the belt of truth where we read the word and know the truth and stand on the truth and walk in the truth and quote the truth. He wants us to put on peace where when the world is going chaotic, we can say, no, we trust in a God who is secure And even though the world is shaken, we know he is good and he is for us and he will never be against us. And when we know that we, we, we feel like we're being tempted, we can put on the breastplate of righteousness and we can walk and live in a place of righteousness where we look take the sword of the spirit and we begin to read the word and we begin to study the word and we begin to know the word and quote the word and fight with the word. But we stop at the helmet of salvation because that's what It is, Jesus came to save, period. No, Jesus came to save us from our sins with a major comma. And also, to defeat the curse of sin off of our lives. It's interesting. We've become a place, and I say a place, I'm talking about the church as a whole, not just our church, the church as a whole, Christians, that we've become a place of people that are so easily able to put on and love the helmet but we're unaware and even trying to put on the other armor. And this is what I believe Jesus did. He came, yes, he came to absolutely remove the sin off of our lives lives and to save us, but he also came to remove the curse of sin so that we could walk and live free from depression, free from anxiety, free from lust, free from pride, free from anger. He didn't just die and say, that's it, it's finished with your sins. No, he said, it's also finished with the curse of sin off of our lives. So vital that we would understand this. And the, the, I love it, the death and the resurrection of these men and women, these saints. It shows us, it testifies how what Jesus said, it is finished. He testifi- they testify, that's enough. We don't need to add to it. He defeated and removed sin, yes. But he also, he defeated the curse of sin off of our lives. As we read on in the scripture in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 54, when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God? All happens. Jesus says it's finished. He gives his last breath, and the veil is torn. The temple says, That's enough. Sin is removed. The, these men and women are raised from the dead and death says that's enough. The curse of sin has been removed. But then I love it. These, these guards, these, this centurion, and if you know this centurion, if you know the scripture, centurion right here, he was an officer. So he probably had about 100 other officers with him. And the Bible says that they all said, they all exclaimed, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. I love this. Because it was enough. It is finished. It was enough. What Jesus did was enough for the temple. And it was enough for death, but it also was enough for the guards. And what does this represent mean to us? Let me explain. This centurion, this centurion was a Gentile. This is long before Paul went to the Gentiles. This is actually right now Christianity, in this time period, Christianity was for the Jews. And so the Gentiles had no idea even who Jesus was. They were what we would consider non-believers. And in fact, the gospel hadn't even been preached to them. And what does this show us? It shows us that Jesus, on the cross, when he said, it is finished, it wasn't just, it's finished, and I'm not just creating a relationship with some people. He said, I'm now stating something and for all mankind, I'm saying now, a relationship can be for all people, all races, all ages. Doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your life looks like or look like. It doesn't matter how much you sin or how big your sin is. The Bible says that now we have been reconciled when we believe in him. We've been reconciled and now we're no longer slaves. We're no longer servants. But now we are sons and daughters. We've been adopted into his family. He's reconciled. That separation that was caused because of sin, because of Jesus coming, he says, it's finished. Now, there's no more separation. The Bible says he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. And so now that relationship is now connected. All we have to do is believe in him and confess. And now we are in relationship with him now on this planet, but also for eternity. All because of what Jesus did. Here's what I have to say as I close. It was enough for the temple. It was enough for death. And it was enough for the guards. So here's the question that we have to ask ourselves Is it enough for us? Is what Jesus did really enough for us? Or are we hoping and striving and trying to, to get something and, or do something or receive something when Jesus said, no, 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 it's finished. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to try. You don't have to earn it. You'll never earn it. All you have to do is receive, and that's the incredible thing about the God that we serve. There's this grace, and all we do is receive it. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. There's nothing we can pray to get it. All we do is we receive, and how do we receive? By believing in him and confessing that he's Lord. It was enough for the temple. It was enough for death. And it was enough for the guards. But the greatest part about this story is although it was enough for all of those people and things, it wasn't enough, it was too much for the grave. It was too much for the grave. And I love this because when Jesus rose, we all know the scripture, when the Bible says when Jesus rose, here's what happened, here's what he was doing. He was declaring, he was displaying, if you will, his power that the words, it is finished, is true. He was, the, he was putting on display for the world to see from now till kingdom come that guess what? Sin is removed. Guess what? The pain and the shame and the guilt and the curse of sin is removed. Now also the separation from me and you has been removed and now we can be adopted into his family and the grave couldn't contain him because he knew, I got to show the world the power of it is finished finished there's nothing we could do for the rest of eternity that could ever deserve or earn what he did for us but i do know this it's a gift and the only thing about every gift is it has to be received and so the choice he gives all of us is are we going to receive it are we going to receive him Are we going to receive him removing our sins? Are we going to receive him removing the curse of sin? Are we going to receive that relationship from here till eternity? I know this. As we celebrate Jesus on this Resurrection Sunday, I want you to know what he did was enough. It is finished. Amen? Can we pray today? Would you mind standing with me?